Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zalmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be talking with Sherry Thomas about traumatic brain injury. This episode by Integrated Brain Centers, located in Denver, Colorado, Dr. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard in functional neurology and complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, dysautonomia, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online Centers.com. Hello, I am Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project. And I have published four books on the topic of brain injury, which are available on Amazon. And additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine. You can grab your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zelmer. And also, I invite you to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today's guest is Sherry Thompson. I'm sorry, Sherry Thomas. And Sherry is a music journalist and podcaster. In 2011, she was in a head-on auto accident and suffered a severe concussion and other injuries. Although she continues to struggle with multiple surgeries, she finds solace in creativity. Welcome to the podcast, Sherry. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. Sherry, I guess the best place to start would be to share with our listeners, um, you know, what happened. I know it was a car accident in 2011, but tell us a little bit more um, of what happened that day and, um, and what your injuries consisted of in the beginning. Okay. Um, well, I, as you mentioned, I am a music journalist and a podcaster, but in order to supplement my income, I also worked full-time at an insurance company. So on my way into work, I was driving, uh, as you normally would on the right side of the, <laughs> on the right side of the road. And all of a sudden I, uh, came around the curve and, someone was in my lane of travel and hit me head on. So um, as you mentioned, I received a severe concussion, which caused me to lose consciousness for a short period of time. I'm not sure how much time that was, but it was a short period of time. And I suffered, um, besides the concussion, a non-union fracture of my collarbone, and um, also multiple ankle and foot bone 
uh, breaking and uh, a lot of lacerations. So <laughs> that that was uh, in a brief nutshell what happened. Yeah. So were you taken to the hospital right away or, um, you know, what, what transpired right after the accident? Oh, yes. Um, actually, uh, ironically, there was a, an officer that had just pulled someone over for speeding um, not too far away, maybe less than 500 feet away, but the accident wasn't oh, wow. in his view. Um, and he noticed traffic backing up and someone actually ran over to him and said, hey, look, you know, <laughs> this is pretty bad. So um, he radioed in. Uh, they actually had called the helicopter uh, to medevac me, but uh, as soon as I regained consciousness and I was able to assist them to get out of the car after some uh, extrication methods, they called off the helicopter. So I was taken by ambulance to the hospital right away and sent to the trauma unit. Um, <laughs> so that's that's basically what happened. I, there were a couple of angels there. <laughs> close by so yeah yeah and so were you diagnosed right away with your concussion or is that something that you had to figure out later no they pretty much determined that right away um that i had one um <laughs> it, there, there really wasn't a, a rhyme or reason i and in my discharge paperwork that, you know, it said severe concussion. So I knew I had that, but I was very disoriented uh, or or not disoriented, but in a fog maybe um, mm-hmm. the whole time I was in a hospital. I was in a hospital for a good five days after that. So, um, you know, and I had tons of CAT scans and MRIs and uh, <laughs> any kind of study that you could possibly uh, one or or not one actually <laughs> so yeah so you know I pretty much knew right away that that was the, the situation and you know also as I mentioned before I had lost consciousness so I knew that there was you know something going on there too so yeah and you know did they so it said in your discharge paperwork you had a severe concussion but did they give you any sort of you know, treatment plan or, or who to go see after you were released? What, what did that look like? Oh, no. Um, as far as the concussion was concerned, no. That was kind of, you know, the, the last thing on their minds, um, to right. be ironic. Um, <laughs> uh, their, their main priority and focus for me was um, going to an orthopedic doctor. And I had had a surgery the following um morning after the accident on my collarbone they had put a a plate and uh, multiple screws in there to to keep the collarbone um, stabilized so their primary focus was really the 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 collarbone and uh, the foot and ankle it really that really didn't deteriorate until a couple of months later Um, they due to the swelling they didn't even like acknowledge the fact that there were so many breaks in there, but there were, um, as evident later on, but, um, their primary focus was, uh, my foot and my clavicle. 
and you know another thing that they wanted me to do is to uh, see a counselor for post-traumatic stress disorder so that was that was one thing basically that they recommended to you know dealing with it uh, emotionally so mm-hmm. yeah but and, you as know, far it's as the such... concussion now yeah it's such a common story that I hear you know people are released from the hospital and often they're not even told they have a brain injury at least you had some reference to it um but you know they're sent home and they're left to kind of figure it out on their own and they're not given any resources they're not told oh you might need you know vision therapy occupational therapy what you know whatever that might be um and so, you know, how how did you start to cope with it on your own after you went home? It, it was heavy. Um, I think for me, the, the post-concussive syndromes really didn't, I guess, until I started noticing them, it really wasn't until months later, to be quite honest, um, because that happened in in February, and I really didn't start noticing the signs until I want to say um, June or July. That's when I started to realize, like, oh, okay, there's something wrong here in <laughs> in my recovery period. That you know it, that wasn't clicking with everything else. So um, uh, my main focus was trying to walk again and and. <laughs> and get better you know my whole thing was okay let's get better so I could go back to work you know and and that was destructive in a way also (laughs) Mm, yeah and and so what you know what months went on before you discovered that you know you weren't you know quite feeling the same but you know what what did you do? Did you bring it up with your doctor or your therapist? I mean, what were your next steps? As far, you know, to be quite honest with you, Amy, I did nothing about it. I absolutely did nothing about it. I was basically trying to fight to do the things that I wanted to do again. It really wasn't a a thing where I was like, oh, you know, I'm. I think I might have post-concussive syndrome. I ne- I never brought that up to my doctors at all. I thought it was just me, honestly. I really just thought it was me. That it was just. It, it wasn't until uh, about a couple of years later that I kind of put two and two together and got four. And by then it was too late. I think you know before. I I you know. To be honest with you, I just really didn't keep it on my shelf of of problems. I kind of avoided it. It wasn't until much later that I was like, okay, this is an actual issue. So So what did you do at that point? You know, what I'm trying to get to, like, what did you finally do to acknowledge what happened and to move forward with it? I just started talking to people that advocated for me, a couple of my friends and and my family members. I I just realized that uh, basically the the 
neurons in my brain weren't firing the way that they should uh, or they were completely reactive or overreactive. And sight and, well, not sight, but smell and taste were, you know, uh, affected also. So um, I they were, they were just like small noticeable things and brain fog and things like that. But I had gone through... Since 2011, I've had almost 15 surgeries. So it was kind of me battling, you know, trying to recover from that thing one one thing at a time to get through what I needed to get through. I really, you know, started noticing and putting two and two together, like I said, like many years later. So, I mean, this happened a good 11 years ago, and I'm still noticing things that, that come up, like, you know, that will creep back in. I went to a, a grocery store the other day and I realized for the first time I could smell the produce section where for years I couldn't. So, you know, that kind of was a, a clue. <laughs> so, but as far so, as doing anything, seeing medical professional, no, never did. Because I I thought all of my other problems were related to after effects of anesthesia or, you know, things of that nature or PTSD or, or whatever. So. So tell us, you know, what it looks like today, you know, how, how are you coping with this um, brain injury that you um, admittedly haven't actually received any treatment for? How are you coping and moving forward with that? Well, I am learning how to cope with it by doing things that I know that I can do without biting off more than I could chew. I'm learning to say no a lot more. I'm learning to um, I guess deal with it in in you know ways that if something's bothering me um, in like a organic way, like such as an example, like if there's too much noise around me that I can't handle, I'll separate myself from the situation because there are certain noises or too many different factors around me that I just have to remove myself from the situation so that my brain doesn't (laughs) go off and like in I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It just, <laughs> it, it's, I guess, uh, in a way that I, if I notice a situation that I'm in that I don't like, I remove myself from it, whether it's, mm. you know. Right. And I take time to walk away from things if I have to. That's basically, so what, that's basically what, what I do. What are you doing now? Have you been able to return to your your career, or have you completely shifted and pivoted? Oh no, I I haven't returned to uh, full time normal work because I physically am unable to. Um, I have a total ankle replacement. Um, I have. Uh, a clavicle that has undergone many surgeries. So 
as far as lifting or standing or sitting for a long period of time, I'm unable to do that. And also uh, the brain fog gets in my way sometimes. So I, and so I haven't returned to a capacity of working for a company 40 hours a week, like a traditional kind of thing. I kind of just went back to my creative side and just started uh, writing articles, reviewing CDs and writing book reviews and hosting a podcast, things that I like to do. <laughs> I'm just doing that um, as far as like professionally, but I'm not gaining a, a large income from it. So Sherry, what, you know, what words of advice do you offer to anyone listening today? Just fight through it. <laughs> Fight through it. Uh, advocate for yourself. If you can't mm-hmm. advocate for yourself, find someone to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Um, I think the the most important thing that there is is to to speak up when you don't think that something is right. Um, you know, especially from a medical standpoint, you know your body best. So yeah, speak up. You know, that's that's what I have to say about it. Yeah, I and you know, I couldn't agree more that you really do have to be your own advocate and if you're not getting answers, you know, you need to keep asking and moving on and finding a different doctor who will give you answers. Um and if you're not able to advocate, you know, finding a trusted friend or loved one who can help you navigate the system because it can be really complicated. And especially, you know, if you have any memory impairment, you know, remembering what they even told you, um, it can always be great to have another set of ears and eyes in the office with you. Um, so really great advice. Sherry, thank you so much for being here today and taking your time to share with our listeners. Oh, thank you for having me, Amy. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. Schedule your free consultation online with them. And, again, you can find previous episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes, or you can find them directly at facesoftbi.com. And also remember to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook and connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.